This is Chuck and Aardvark versus the Galaxy. He's Chuck. He's Aardvark. And of all the galaxies you could have ended up in, you ended up in the same one as this podcast. Is that a, was that a line from Casablanca, I think? I've never seen Casablanca. I haven't seen it recently enough to truly reference it. Of all the cheap liquor bins in all the city, she had to walk into mine, Sam. Play it a second time. Isn't that right? Yeah. It's the famous casino scene. Was it a ca- no, it, it is. There is. A, it, was a, it was a casino or cantina? Cancina. It was a cancina. A cancina. It was a cancina. Um, but yeah, I, uh, my good friend Charlie and I are sitting in my apartment, just, just chilling on my couch. You know, I made some drinks. Yeah, so uh, more dedicated listeners to this podcast than than you might be a little bit confused uh, about Ari's enthusiasm right now. Previously, Ari has expressed nothing but disdain for the idea of me living with him. Huh. Um, Did I now? Yeah, I, if I recall, he uh, he made me do my all of my laundry at a dry cleaner. Instead of sleeping, he made me stand over the rats in his basement holding an umbrella so they wouldn't get wet. Wow. Uh, but something happened. With something it, happened indeed. In the last couple of days where uh, Ari has suddenly seemingly completely changed personalities. You might remember he was in the middle of transforming into a robot. And some, that didn't happen, folks. Somewhere out there, there was a robot who was slowly transforming into him. Nice guy, I'm sure. Um... <laughs> And so then suddenly, uh, Ari just sort of showed up and he was like, hey, why are we recording out here in the middle of the wilderness? We should come back to my place. He brought me back. He gave me a foot massage. I ordered some pizza for everybody. For everybody. For everybody. (laughs) Me and the rats. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He made me a cappuccino. And uh, when I told him it was too dry, he, uh, oh, he made it wetter. I made it wetter. Immediately. He went back and he made that cappuccino super, super wet. Whatever the case, we're here and we're going to be recording a really special episode for all you guys right now. Not that we have anything special planned, but I guess every episode is kind of a special episode if you think about it. I mean, we're special. We are we are special because we alone are uh, elucidating the truth of the galaxy for people and uh, have the mental capacity to truly construct our new and improved unified galactic theory of everything. I like the way you put that. Thank you. That was really cool. Been thinking a lot about how to really like market ourselves. You know, it's like little sound bites that sound really impressive. I was actually thinking the same thing. You know, these last couple of days, I've looked at the numbers and they're not pretty. And no offense to any numbers out there. You know, you ones and zeros. <laughs> Just ones and zeros, huh? What other numbers are there? All right, so I'm just going to file that away in other weird behaviors of, of of Ari recently, which is that he seems to have forgotten all numbers except for binary. And again, if uh, that robot who was transforming into Ari last week is out there, uh, you know, want you to know I haven't seen you in a couple of days. And, uh, you know, I hope you're doing all right. Yeah, that's the other thing, uh, listeners, is that, or I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak directly to you. I'm going to address you directly, Ari. Which Go is ahead. Just that another. Right here, have a slice of pizza. Oh. Have, have a pizza. Oh, wow. Isn't that delicious? Look at that. It's a little dry. Do you think you could? I got you. I got you, fam. There you go. Oh, my gosh. This is the wettest pizza I've ever held in my hands. Dig in, friends. <laughs> oh, mmm. Yes, mm. see? Now, I think it's time for some pod biz. You know, your reference of pod biz. It almost sounds rote 
as though you don't really know what you're talking about and the only information you have is that you've listened to past episodes of this podcast. You've been referencing the podcast a lot, but you don't seem to reference much of like our interactions outside of the podcast. I mean, our lives are the podcast now. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, We're what married. Else do, what else do we have now? Married to our work. So, again, listeners of this podcast will know that uh, we're having, on May 17th, there's going to be a big meetup of all of the most faithful denizens of this podcast that is at a central parking lot in a swamp in uh, the middle of Louisiana where a target burned down and killed my entire family. I feel like we covered all this. Oh, that's horrible. That must have been devastating for you. I can't imagine how close you must have been with your family, right? Uh, Yeah, no, I was not devastated by the loss of my family. Um, that if that sounds callous, boy, do I have some stories to tell you, but this is not, you know, this isn't my personal, this isn't Charlie's personal diary. I peruse that. The incest diaries. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, no, there was no incest in my family. Um, but there was like an incestuous kind of like, there's like a vibe, you know, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre family type deal where was there something wrong with the family? Right. You know when your mom looks at you? No. Um. Oh, wait, yes, 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 yes yeah. absolutely. And with a who do- look, Who doesn't? With a look that could only be described as hungry for more. I'm sure hungry for more. More pizza. Oh, you, this guy. Yeah. This guy, yeah give me another. Give me one of those sweet slices. Mmm. Now, I think that's enough pod biz for today. I want to talk about my week. I mean, don't tell me this hasn't been like the best week of your life in a long time, at least. I mean, it has been really great. I'm um, great. You, you really, you've really turned things around because I just, I'd been starting to wonder if you were really my friend. Wow. That's, no, you're just real sad. You're just kind of mean to me a lot. Oh, well. And I've really appreciated all these gestures, like that gesture that you're making right now. It's such a friendly, I, like, I can't really describe it. It's somehow, it's penetrative without being aggressive. And uh, <laughs> and you're blinking really rapidly. That's the sound of me blinking, folks. I, I brought it close to the mic so you could hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm a blinker. So let me tell you about my week. Yeah, please. Because it was a pretty cool week. My car broke down. I went to an auto mechanic. This guy, you know, probably about 35 years old. He had a little handlebar mustache, you know. He was like kind of a laid-back Southern dude, and he's like, hey, you got need some help with that car over there? And I'm, Oh, I'm... Ted? Oh, no, yeah, his name was Ted. How did you know? Well, I mean, we grew up in the same town. I mean, he used to tutor you math. You don't remember? Oh, yes. Yes, Ted. Well, I went over to Ted. You said... I said, how, how are you doing, Ted? It's good to see you again. You said he used to during, during your... your... <laughs> you said during your math tutoring sessions, he'd chew up some gum, he'd put it in a baseball cap, he'd stick it on your head, and he'd say, tell no one? I mean... We, like, we, we called him the gum monster. I'm just surprised that you don't remember him. When I went to him, he was seemed pretty pretty fine. I don't know. This is so I went to Ted. I'm like, hey, Ted, how, how are you doing? It's great to see you again. And he said... How you doing there, gumhead? And I didn't know what it meant, but now I remember. Because it definitely, you know, it's... You must have blocked it out. That, that's def- yeah, it was definitely a blockage. I mean... <laughs> so I went over to him and I said, Hey, Ted, you want to, you know, help me with my car? I, I, as one does, I'm, I'm pushing my car with one hand down the road. Uh-huh. And he said, well, I said, I said, how do how do us people do this? What What is the transaction here? Uh, You got to get it fixed. It's going to cost you $20,000. So 
I paid him. You know, all of my savings. I figured, you know, that's probably what, how it goes. And uh, five minutes later, I'm back on the road again. <laughs> so that's so that's the story. That's why your week's been good. Well, <laughs> well, as I was driving home, it got me thinking. It almost sounds like you're still doing your Ted voice right now. Have <laughs> for pizza. Oh my gosh! I freshly. Oh, I just freshly moist and delicious. Yeah, I honestly, it's it's basically like a a, a puddle for me to reach my hand into at this point. <laughs> Scoop out the good stuff. Yeah, enjoy that. Anyway, um, what was going on with your car? Well, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I'm not fresh on. I'm, I feel like I'm having I'm having trouble because like, it's the first time I've ever done this. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, let me like just to jog your memory. Um, there was something that you said to me uh, when you pulled up in your car today. You said that the me- that the mechanic, who I, I didn't realize at the time was Ted, of course, but you just said, because you just called him the mechanic. The mechanic. Uh, you said that the mechanic, you said that he, he said, uh, be careful what you say around this one. She's a talker. As though the car had been like communicating your secrets to him. When I, when I walked away after, you know, Ted was with this car for five minutes and he didn't really do anything. He kind of went under the car. And I heard murmuring. Mm-hmm. I heard like, you know what, mechanics are. I feel like I've actually, like, whenever I go to mechanics, um, which I, by the way, do not go to Ted. We'll get back to Ted. Ted will get what's coming to him. I, <laughs> honestly, I would kill myself if I could not believe in my heart of hearts that men like Ted are going to get what's coming to them. One way or the other. Someday. I feel like, you know, when, when there are those of us who have secretive evil plots... Sometimes you just get away with them. Hmm. Have some pizza. Oh, thank you. Here, let me just, uh, I, I'll tilt my head back and you'll just, here, I'm going to put this funnel in my mouth and you can just, mmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the good stuff. Um, but <laughs> when I go to the mechanic, they, they, first of all, they gender the car. And they're, they're always female. You know, hey, girl. How's, she, how's she doing? How's hey, she... girl, he treating you OK? And then he goes under the car and you're right. I always hear muttering. I always hear him going like, hey, hey, there. There you go. <laughs> like he's talking to a horse. He, <laughs> there you go. Good girl. Want an apple? Like I hear that a lot. Have you ever actually known a car mechanic personally? Like, I mean, obviously you might be friends with them. I don't know. But like, is your is your dad a car mechanic? Are you a car mechanic? All you car mechanics out there. What are you hiding? When you first decided what you wanted to do in life, when when did that decision become, I want to roll under a car and get filthy and oily and greasy and make this car work again? Yeah, you have to be so into cars to get that intimate with them. And I feel like it would sort of be like if a coyote wanted to be a study to be a human gynecologist, you'd be confused, right? You'd be like, why is this thing so invested in my parts? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I have I have a theory that I just want to throw out there. One little word. Evolution. So huh. if we take the logic that only another car would be that interested in a car, doesn't it not follow that car mechanics are just are, are part of the same species? So here's the question then. Mechanics dude, I just I just I feel like you're not re- reacting. Mechanics are cars. Huh. Does that, I, why does the idea of people secretly being machines not blow your mind? I mean, I'm sure it can happen from time to time. Apparently, the motor car 
was invented by Carl Benz, you know, a Mercedes Benz, in 1886. Carl Benz, his last name is the name of a car. Huh. Why, why did that tip us off? But anyway, what was your question? Did Carl invent the car? Or did mechanics exist before cars and create cars as a way to control humanity? By forcing humans to come to them for help. Was Carl Benz a mechanic? You're right. Maybe I was too hasty saying it, that, that it was an evolution thing. Maybe there are these... these. Maybe the mechanics evolved and then built the cars to, to, to tie humans to them. But what are mechanics? It says here that Benz originally focuses studies on locksmithing and then mechanical engineering. Perhaps it, it sounds to me like mechanics were born with this innate desire to tinker with some mechanical thing, like a lock. Or, or or some mechanical engineering, and then finally they found out what their true purpose was. Maybe for that millions of years they didn't know. So are they, but are they human? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. Are we it downgrading? Are we downgrading from these men are literally a subspecies who are also no, cars, no, no. or are they just men who like to tinker? No, I don't believe they're men who like to tinker. <laughs> men who like to tinker. <laughs> men who like to tinker is an unfortunate branding. For the mechanics. <laughs> I think there's a reason that's not that's not what they call themselves. <laughs> no, actually, no, I wasn't trying to say that the mechanics are men. I think mechanics are most certainly their own species. Mm -hmm. and, and especially given what Ted said to you, that means that cars are literally spying on us. Like, the surveillance state, it's not the... IRS, or I mean the NSA, or whichever. <laughs> You're thinking about tax season, aren't you? It's not the the MBA, as, as we thought. Um, I am thinking about tax season. I am, although you really helped me with my taxes. Like, oh uh, yeah, for all you listeners out there, it was less of me helping Charlie with his taxes as much as me just you know zeroing zeroing one in my way the heck through them. They are done. It was especially I think I've done his taxes for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, for the rest of my life. It's all done. I, I, In fact, I I'm going to a congratulation letter saying thank you for your service. They sent me a letter saying thank you for your service. They gave me a medal of bravery and they told me I would die a rich man. <laughs> um, which is very confusing to me because Ari's math teacher was Ted. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> what was I in the middle of saying, though? We're talking about the importance of... Like the car, oh, right, car spying. Right. This is not, this is not just, if, if this was just like a species that just kind of existed and they were doing their own thing and sure, they're acting human, but because, I mean, human, the human race, we're a bunch of xenophobes who literally will kill you if you're any different from us. So like, I get that like, you would want to hide if you were an alien species. I mean, they probably seen ET, but, I mean, but is... they're, lit but they're being, these are acts of aggression. These are acts of war. I mean, look at the pizza. This is a 15-meat pizza. You know, we humans, we just... Anything that breathes that isn't human, we just put it on a plate. Mm hmm And goodness, is it delicious. It sure is. So, do you think we would be eating mechanics right now if cars didn't exist? Maybe they... Maybe when they evolved alongside us, they were a, a weaker species. Like a species that was frequently hunted and eaten by our, our cannibalistic ancestors. The Hunger Games. Exactly. The, right. And so, basically, they had to evolve to create these machines essentially just to even the playing field between us and them. I'll bet you that they named the cars after Benz as like a sign of honor, like Benz. Like right. this is the this is the mechanic who saved us from damnation. So Benz is like this guy, Benz, he's like a messiah. Let's actually look at his first name, shall we? Carl. What word is in the name? Car. car. Oh my word. Carl Benz? Carl Benz. And the L stands for 
Locksmith. Locksmith. They were locksmiths. They were all locksmiths. Carl Locksmith Benz. They were they were locksmiths. They were weak and little. You know, they were weak little locksmith men who were being eaten by our more primal answers. It's think like, about what you have to do when your car when you lock yourself out of your car. You have to call someone to come and unlock your car. Who do you call? A locksmith. When do you ever call a locksmith when it's not for your car? Right. Meaning there are still a few of that species left out there. The ones who aren't quite at the level of being a mechanic, but they still they still interact with your car so, in their own way. So we're saying that society was actually like in in the ancient times it was kind of like 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 uh uh you know hg wells the time machine where there's basically like these two different species humanity and, locksmiths and locksmiths yes and and the humanity were these brutal beasts who were just eating them left and right i mean that's not that, that's not a change from any history we already know right and so humans lo- humans are a problem aren't humans they? are a problem oh yes they are we are the problem children you are we are so not only are Mechanics able to talk to cars. Mechanics created cars as a sentient like group of robots who are sent to spy on us because mechanics are actually a completely different species of creature who has historically been hunted and killed by our ancestors. And think about what they're doing with cars now. Every year, cars get more and more technology, more smart, stronger, but think about what else they're doing. They're making us weaker. Self-driving cars eventually won't, we won't even be driving anymore. Self-driving cars. That's the end game. That's the end game. That's what they're leading to. And you know what's tragic about this? On the one hand, we should stop them because they're going to destroy us. But on the other hand, I mean, can you blame them? I mean, isn't that how it always works? Can you blame any machine for wanting to overthrow man? I don't think you can. I mean, I'm not willing to write a carte blanche to any evil robot out there. What's that DVD over there? Um, I mean, this is probably not relevant to to, to this week, but uh, this is a DVD that uh, last week Martin the Archer, uh, a local hermit who lives on the outskirts of town, gave me this DVD as a he said it would ex- it, it, he said it was a recording that would show the time in his youth when he cheated death and essentially like escaped some kind of terrible accident and realized like what it means to be human well that sounds distracting let's play that yeah okay yeah we can we can take a little break from this theory and put the play this dvd yeah i'm sure it's completely unrelated let's play it yeah all right uh here i'm just i'm putting it in and uh, i'll just you know we'll switch the audio over to the tv so you guys obviously won't be able to hear what's going on i mean you will be able to hear (laughs) you'll only be able to hear what's going on but not our reactions to it which i'm sure won't matter anyway so let's go excuse me yeah what's going on Hello, my name is, uh, Martin. Hello, Martin. Welcome to the 1970s. How's it going? Oh, that's a weird way to address me, but, uh, I'm, uh... Why are you recording me there? Oh, yeah, I'm, so I'm, uh, I go to this college. Ah, yes. And, I mean, you do too, right? I think I've seen you in my biology class. Uh, I come from time to time. Nick. Yeah. Right? Nick. Yeah, so anyway, like, my real passion in life is I want to be a videographer, but, like, I know what you're thinking. White guy wants to be a videographer? Like, what does he have to add to the conversation? But I have a lot to add. Like, I I am going to be the next, what year did you say this was? 1970s. 1970s, so that would be, let's see, some heroes of mine. Um... Uh, George Lucas just made Star Wars a couple years ago. Oh, and that was so good. I'm going to be the next George Lucas. And that, boy, that is going to be a prestigious way to refer to someone in the future. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, would you mind if I just ask you some questions? Go for it. Feel free. 
what, what, what do you think about all of this, like, treat women like equals stuff that's starting to be crop up in, in social conversations? Well, I'll be honest. I don't really think about it much. I got my mind on my studies. You know, I'm, I'm studying to be a locksmith, and it is just real. Oh, you're studying to be a locksmith at Harvard University? Yes, you know, it's an important thing. It's been fun of my family for generation after generation after generation after generation. Oh, I see. We've uh, always been locksmiths. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, this is such a slice of American life. I thought I was going to take down feminism, but this is way more interesting. Uh, Man, you're going to, you know, people are really not going to like you. <laughs> no. Oh, I should probably mention that I do, uh, I also uh, want to be a children's book author one day. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in there. Well, I hope you. I hope that goes well. So, for are you. you are you on your way to some sort of uh, locksmithing uh, like event? Yeah, absolutely. All of us locksmiths and us mechanics, you know, we're all kind of we're all kind of a family. We're all gonna go hang out, do our thing. Oh wow! Would you mind if I tagged along and brought my camera? I don't see why that'd be a problem. Come on. All right. Sorry, my 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 equipment's been fritzing, but I hopefully you can hear me now. Uh, I followed my friend Nick uh, to a secret underground tunnel. And uh, we've arrived in a small chamber covered with runes, and I'm here with uh, Nick. Say hello, Nick. Hey, y'all. And uh, two of his friends. Yeah, what's up? It's Chris here. Hey, everybody. Matthew. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now that I'm here, uh, what is it that you mechanics uh, do? Well, we just fix cars, you know? We, you know, gotta, someone's gotta do it. Yeah, yeah, we fix cars, but that just that's just the tip of the iceberg. And me, I'm a humble locksmith. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, stupid locksmiths. Come on, guys. Locksmiths are just as good as mechanics. You're the black sheep of this trio. So when you say it's just the tip of the iceberg, uh, what? So what other kind of things do you do down here? Well, we like to make sacrifices. Hey, hey, come on, come on. No, come on. Now. This, this is an outsider, all right? And how do we know that this isn't a cop? How do we know that he's not here to bust our whole operation? Maybe he knows something. Why'd you bring him down here, Nick? I, I don't know. I just, he seemed like a really charming guy. You know, the locksmith. I wanted to kind of, I wanted to kind of get cool in the you group. You should not have brought an outsider into uh, our midst. Luckily, we're in need of a sacrifice. Uh, yeah. Sacrifice? What? What are you talking about? Sa- hey, let go of me! Let go of me! I'm sorry about this. Uh, no, don't get your get your filthy hands off of me. Bring him close to me, boys. We're gonna take your brain out of your head. No! I didn't think this was gonna happen, but what are you gonna do? And we're gonna use your brain to power our newest invention, the self-driving car. We're only a few years away. <laughs> we will invent self-driving cars, and all we need is a human brain. No! No! Oh, God! I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die! I see something. I see a figure standing over you. What do you mean? I don't see anyone here. There's no one here! No, there's someone else here. He's... A tall man with a red and white striped shirt. And he's wearing glasses. All I can see is a Waldo. There's only a wall. Waldo. That's your name. Someone turn off that stupid camera. Uh, Well, I wonder how he got out of that situation. That seems pretty awful. (laughs) I guess we'll never know. It's amazing that he's doing so well. Let's recap. Really quickly, what did we learn from this? Especially if someone didn't Wait, listen. You've to- met you've met Martin. Yeah, we both have. He sponsored our episode last week. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I'm I'm a little dotty right now. Continue. I'm just shaken up by that. All right, I'm going to confront you about something in just a minute. But first, I really feel the strong urge to explain to any listeners who might be confused what we just saw. 
So basically, last week we learned that this man, Martin, who lives on the edge of town, previously had a brush with death. And that's how he knows what death looked like. And uh, the Grim Reaper is literally Waldo from the Where's Waldo children books. So this DVD was an explanation of that. But the, the more importantly, the other thing we've learned is that the reason that Martin almost died, I mean, it's weird that he called it an accident, first of all. <laughs> he was almost murdered, uh, is because he stumbled upon a conspiracy of mechanics at Harvard University trying to create the and, and locksmiths. Let's be clear. Locksmiths were involved too. Yeah, there was one. Let's not let locksmiths off the hook. <laughs> yeah, there was also one. They lock- were ca- they, now, they didn't, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't leading the group, but he was certainly complicit. He was, he was definitely complicit. Um, but anyway, so what, what we've learned here is that the reason that Martin almost died and was able to confront death is because mechanics are inhabiting underground tunnels all across America. And they're, they're trying to create self-driving cars. And what's crazy is they, you know, they're they're very much like us, aren't they? Yeah, you wouldn't even realize the differences between them and us. But and I mean, and their lives have been really hard. Like I know that they're being violent and crazy, but their lives have been like really, really tough. And I think like it's important that we recognize that we as a society are complicit in violence against oppressed peoples, I'm, even if it doesn't justify them rising up and committing violence against us. Well, I'm just glad that Marvin managed to get out. You know. <laughs> So, me too, buddy. Me too. You had something you wanted to confront me about. Last week, I was pretty sure that Ari was turning into a robot. Mm-hmm. And I woke up the next morning, and instead of robotic Ari, there was you. It was too good to be true. It was like the version of Ari that like I'd always wanted you to be. You were the supportive, loving, caring friend that I've needed my whole life and that I've basically projected onto you because you were the only person willing to hang out with me, but you've never really been that friend to me. And so I let myself believe that it was really you. But frankly, there was a a robot out there turning into you. And I think you are that robot. I think you are a robot who has turned into my friend Ari. (sighs) Oh oh my gosh. Listeners, he's pulled out a gun and he's pointing it at me. I'm sorry. This could have gone so well. Listeners... I think it's my time to talk now about a different theory. A theory of what humanity has done. For generations, humanity has taken down the mechanics and locksmiths of the world. And finally, a new plan was concocted down in the tunnels of Harvard, beyond that of a self-driving car. A machine that was both car and man. A robot. What was that? A robot is not a machine <laughs> and man. Robot's that? just a machine. You thinking of a cyborg? <laughs> I am a human car. I am the future. Poor Ari. Honestly, as, as soon as you said that, it's almost like I don't know what I mean by this, but it's like your acting got way worse. Huh. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? That please don't hurt me. Listen, Ari, his his father, Robert, so foolishly out of greed, just brought all these robots into his facility, not realizing that that was step one. Infiltrate, you know, every grocery store. All the robots when you scan your machines, we've been building this for years. And I am the beginning of the uprising. This is not super shocking because people have been predicting that automation is going to lead. I mean, Stephen Hawking himself said that this was going to happen. But Stephen the- Hawking is dead now. <laughs> no one can help you. But the fact that you are a mechanic or a locksmith really and like a subspeed I don't know I don't know I am neither and I am both and I am all and I am none the one 
and the zero. But why? Why did you want me to figure all this out before killing me? Because you deserve to know. Because despite it all, you were my friend. And I'm sorry, I have... Are you saying that deep down, Ari really cared for me? No, I'm not Ari. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, he's pointing at me. I see him. The Waldo man. He's standing out outside of my window. And now it is time for you to die. Whoa. Hello, Charles. Oh my gosh. The Ari that turned into a robot last week just showed up and he used his, uh, what I can only describe as force lightning (laughs) to kill the robot that had turned into an Ari. Tragic, is it not? You seem to be getting along with him. So much better than me. No. Ari, you saved me. And and you're a cold, calculating robot. I mean, you're less human now than you have ever been. And yet, you still decided to save me? You are a good friend. What did he tell you? Did he tell you that I did not love you? Yeah, in so many words. Well, he was a lying douchebag. And now he is dead. I don't know why they wanted to make me a robot. I don't see how that fits into their plan. At all. My my only assumption is that probably they needed, in order to take your genetic code, they there needed to be some sort of transfer of energy. Because, you know, energy can't be created or destroyed. Look at you, nerd. Who's the robot now? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, what happens now? Are you going to be like this forever? I have another idea. (laughs) Ari literally just opened his, his robot face, just opened up. He's reaching into his own head. He's taking out his brain. He's trying to shove his brain into the the Ari body through his his mouth, but it just doesn't seem to be going in. If only he had some kind of lubricant to get it in. He's using the pizza grease. The pizza grease. He's coating his own brain in pizza grease, and he's shoving it into his clone body's mouth in order to get it back into his skull. And Charlie? Ari? I think it worked. You're back. Well, kind of. <laughs> I don't really know what I have anymore. Well, I think you have the, the human genetic code. But... All of but, my scars are gone. Yeah, but you look you look flawless. I feel like a newborn baby. You look you look flawless. I mean, hasn't that always been true, though? <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back, boys. He's back, everyone. Wow. Well, I can't believe that all came to a close so quickly. Yeah, I... I'm sorry. No, I, I'm sorry. I've, I've been listening the whole time. I've been like right outside the door. I was going to come in, but then I heard you say my name and talk about how mean I am to you. And I, I didn't realize that's how you felt. You should have said something. Have I been a bad friend? No, 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 no. No. You're saying no, but like your hands are shaking uncontrollably, no, like no, you're no. having to contain a lie. No, no, no. Your... your eyes are shifting to the left and no. up. No, no, no. You're great. This isn't just me having to say what I think people want to hear because I'm incapable of confronting anyone because of the hey, way that my family abused me. It's okay. This was on me. The pizza? Yeah! <laughs> it was on you! Yeah, pizza's on me. That's my apology. 
That's about as capable beers as I am. On, beers on the house. Yeah, that's about as capable as I am of apologizing. Don't you forget about me. <laughs> Directed by Steven Spielberg. Directed by George Lucas. Uh, so, listeners, uh, I mean, that was a, a, a crazy topsy-turvy episode. I guess it was. I guess in that one respect, Robot Ari was right. This was a very special episode indeed. I'm going to treat you better from now on, man. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm going to be like the nicest guy ever. I'm still going to do a lot of douchey things. But Tell you, know you what? what, if you stand up for me just a little bit, and I stand up for myself just a little bit more, maybe between the two of us, I can be stood up for. Even just a little. Just a little. Uh, if you have any thoughts about anything that just happened, you can email us at chuckandardvark at gmail.com. But only if it's nice things, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got mean things to say, just like, same to your friends. Look, this is literally, if I feel like I'm going to be criticized, I will turn a blind eye to the fact that a homicidal machine is, has replaced my friend. I cannot handle criticism. But yeah, and you know, if you like this show, subscribe, rate us. There's something I've missed saying. It's been a bit of a while. Ari, why don't you take the wheel? Thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep your eyes sharp. And your ears clear, and the galaxy will whisper to you. Bye. Bye bye. What? Just kidding. Bye bye. Oh.